It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The pitch and his slider. Right to Snow at first. He grabs it for the out. Now he's got Franco on a rundown. He throws to Aurelia. He tags him out before Forkal scores. Forkal just jogged down the line. He would have counted had he scored. It matters not to the ultimate outcome, though. The Giants, one way or the other, win this game. A ground ball right to Snow. He caught it with his foot in the bag. Then they got Franco in the rundown. Aurelia tagged him out. And the Giants have defeated the Atlanta Braves. They are headed to St. Louis. That was a huge moment in playoff history for the Giants as they finally got past the first round in 2002, thanks in large part to the late-inning heroics of their star closer. By then, the injuries that would end his career were piling up. But he left it all out there, racking up 205 saves in a Giants uniform. We go inside Rob Nen's Giant Moments now. 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 This is Inside Giant Moments. Presented by T-Mobile. Our franchise has countless memorable, iconic moments. Join Mark Willard as he connects with our former players who lived these moments. To relive the emotions, the stories, and the joy. The great Rob Nen joins the Inside Giant Moments podcast. Rob, this is going to be fantastic. Uh, the guy who closed it all down, but we'll open it up right now. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a thrill to have you. Um, you know, let's start with a couple early notes that I was curious about. Your dad was a big league pitcher. How did that help you in your career? Well, he wasn't a big league, but he wasn't a pitcher. He was a first baseman. He played uh, for the Dodgers, Cubs, Texas Rangers, Senators. So he, uh, you know, he he was a big part. He was somebody that that uh, you know never really pushed me to do what I needed to do. If if I asked him and said, "Hey, Dad, let's go out and hit, let's go out and throw, and let's go out and take ground balls," and, and he was always the first one to go out there and spend all day out there, but he never pushed it. So for me, that was that was a big relief as far as not having to, you know, be forced to go out there every day and. and it's something that I want to do as opposed to something that he made me do. Yeah. Did it feel like a, a comfortable environment? I, I would think as you're kind of coming up and the realization is there, it's like, okay, this guy uh, has a gift, has the talent, but uh, maybe, I don't know, you, you can see the path because you've seen it before. You know, it was good and bad. I, you know, he was, he was basically done early 70s. I was 70s. I was born in 69, so I really didn't get a chance to be around him while he, while he was playing a whole lot. Uh, you know, some old-timers games, uh, stories. We saw pictures. Um, you know, saw some of his old friends who, who he played with. But as far as being able to, to to go, you know, to talk baseball, he was he was big with that. We definitely butted heads a few times as far as, <laughs> you know, he wanted me to do stuff as, as far as changing speeds and doing stuff, which was 100% right. Me, I was more of a power pitcher guy that, you know, hard slider, hard fastball. Um, but he always wanted wanted me to have a changeup, and, and that was something that I always tried to, and it just didn't work out. So we butted heads a little bit that way, but always in always in, in good talks as far as, you know, somebody that had been in the big league, somebody that had, had, 
had had some a little bit of success. You know, had four years up there, and 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 least knew what I, I what I needed to expect. And, and he was a guy that definitely um, I could go to. I could talk to him and, and and just bounce stuff off his his brain and kind of go from there. The line between dad and coach can be tough, huh? For sure, yeah. I mean, there, there, you know, there, there's some hardness in there that needs to be done. And there's also some love that needs to be done, and, and he was both. I mean, when I needed needed a kick in the butt, he he did it. But when I needed somebody to to be there to really, you know, support me and and back me, he was there. And uh, you know, I I definitely was grateful for it. Uh, if I have it correct, you played high school ball with JT Snow as well, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. JT yeah. was a year older, and and it was it was great to be able to see him in you know early in high school and during high school and be able to you know play with my, with the Giants. Yeah, what do what do you remember first about the the high school teammate JT Snow? JT was a t- that was a school stud. I mean, you know, he played basketball, he played quarterback. You know, he played you know for the for the baseball team first base, and just one of those guys that everybody loved, and all the girls loved him. And, and it, you know, it was JT Snow. You know, just nothing's changed even when he was in the big leagues, and, and uh, he was just a guy that that everybody, all of us looked up to because he was so you know such a athlete and such a superstar in high school. We were you know kind of average guys and just kind of getting through high school, but he was definitely somebody to, that we all used to watch all the time. And then when you're traded to the Giants following the 1997 season, poof, there he is. He's already there. He had been traded the year before. So what what was that conversation like upon arrival? It was good. It was somebody I could bounce off. I had him and I had Gardy, you know, Mark Gardner, who who's there too. And, and so I had I had a couple guys I could I could bounce. Hey, you know where to live and what you know who's who's this and who's that. How's the coaching? How's this? How's the trainers and all that stuff. And they were big. They were they were especially you know from from coming to one organization to another, not knowing what to expect. Those guys laid it out and kind of gave me everything I needed to know, and, and they were all spot on. Some Giants fans may forget this because you, you had such an imprint in a Giants uniform, but upon arrival, you're already a World Series champion. Uh, in fact, you pitched in two of the three games against the Giants in the first round of the 97 playoffs to help knock them out. And then a few weeks later, you're on the team. So what was that like? You know, it, it, first of all, it was, it was definitely different. I mean, going, you know, from winning the World Series to, to basically being traded, you know, a month later or a few weeks later, it was definitely a little bit of a of a shell shock. And, and it was a little bit more of a business aspect of that, you know, as you know, we had just came off, you know, uh, the World Series come, came off the parades and, and the high of being, you know, we did something that we all wanted to accomplish um, to being traded, which is the business side of the, of the game, and, and, and going to a team that has such a history and, and such a team that, that uh, everybody from the other side looking in always admired the Giants. And, and for me, it was probably the best thing that happened for my career. You know, even though we won in Florida, it, it, San Francisco is is my is my family now, and and, and they've taken great care of us. It, it's something with the history that they've had there is unbelievable. Had to be a bizarre feeling because it wasn't just you. They go into that fire sale mode, and so you guys are still basking in the glow of a world championship, and then boom, like it's like you, you didn't even have time to enjoy it. For sure, and I think a lot of a lot of guys on that team, you know, felt that way a little bit to the fact that they they. Feel like we, you know, we felt like we had something missing a little bit, and and uh, you know, it was something a little bit taken away. But you know, in hindsight, it was like I say, it was the best thing for me to go to San Francisco and to and to get out of Florida. And, and nothing against the fans, the team. It's just a different organization. And San Francisco is such a, 
history, you know, with Willie Mays and McCovey and Marichal and, and all these great players coming out, it was definitely uh, the right move, uh, you know, as far as me going there and having a chance to, to be a part of it. And when you get to the Giants, you're dominant right away. 40 saves that first year. Your ERA is about a buck and a half. So how would you describe that first year in getting established with the team and also getting to know the fan base and, and all that history that you're talking about right now? It, it definitely helped to get off to a good start and get off to a start where I could go out and, and you know, have the, get the fans on my side. You know, I, I was coming to a situation where, you know, Rod Beck was there and, and he was loved by everybody. And, and to, for me to go in there and try to try to be a, a, a part of something that he already started was, was big to, to, to have a good year that year and, and really just kind of get myself into that family and into that organization. And, you know, the players are great. Dusty was great. Saves was amazing. Uh, it was just a great situation. They always say it's really hard to, to follow a legend. And, and so that's an interesting thing you bring up there, to follow Rod Beck, such a fan favorite. What kind of pressure or what word would you use to describe what you were feeling as you jumped into that role? Well, it was one of those things I just wanted to go out there and try to try to earn the respect of the fans and and, and my fellow players and the coaches and just in the whole city and just have a chance to to to, to do you know half a good of what is what he did while he was there and and just go out there and show people that. That uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to pay tribute to him to be able to fact that you know I watched him through the minor leagues and, and him getting the big leagues and and having a chance to to do you know kind of what he was doing and, and keep that tradition going on. What was it like for you also to come to an organization that that had a lot of fans at games and and so much engagement, especially with the role that you have? You're the guy that's out there to close out victories and 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 therefore get that kind of energy from the fans. And I would imagine it was a little different here than, than it was in playing for the Marlins. Yeah, for sure. You know, Florida was, was definitely a, a struggle to, to get fans to that place and, and really be able to have, uh, you know, the, the history of, of, of fans coming in there. And, and we didn't even have a full crowd until, the, until I think the second round of the World Series, playoffs, I should say. And, and uh, you know, but so, so to, come, to come to a place where, the fan base is is as rich as it is, and as far as being there and, and knowing the 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 knowledge of the game, and, and really just coming out and supporting your team every single day, it was amazing. And, and for players, that's to be able to play in front of of, a, of fans like that that are so passionate and, and know the game and have such a history. It, it makes all the world. That '98 season, you guys end up losing the one game playoff to Chicago for the wild card spot. I'm curious about your role at that time. You're one of the few players in the clubhouse who had experienced a lot of playoff success. So as the team is starting to build what would become a year-in and year-out winner, what kind of role did you see yourself playing in, in kind of helping to build that culture? Well, I don't know if, you know, that, the year before, those guys had had a great year, and, and so it kind of carried over to the, to the 98 season. And we, you know, for me, it was just, I was just part of one of the one of the tools on that team. You know, we had Barry and, and Jeff, and for us, you know, we all kind of looked at those guys as being the leaders as far as the players on the field. The rest of us were all a bunch of guys going out there, just going around, doing our jobs, doing what we need to, to establish ourselves in the big leagues. And, and uh, you know, so I, I felt like I was just one of those guys and one of those guys that, that – uh, going out there and doing everything I can that day, uh, the next day, or the next week to try to help that team win. 
also that year, there's a famous moment that I know you've alluded to before uh, where the Diamondbacks walked Barry Bonds with the bases loaded to force in a run. At the time, they were leading 8-6 to six in the ninth, and uh, it ended up working. Brent Main lines out to, to right field, and the D-backs win 8-7. to seven. But I wonder as a team, and especially as a pitcher, when you start to see stuff like that, how did it sort of shape your view of what you guys had as far as as the, the, the weapon he was and the team that you had around him? It, it, it shows something. And to, to sit there and, and see Arizona do what they did, to walk in a run, um, it was pretty, pretty – it, it was weird is what it was, to, to see somebody go, with, go about doing it that way. And everybody realized what they were doing and why they did it. But you really didn't see that a whole lot in baseball. And so when that happened, we were like, you know, this, this guy is really who he is and what he's doing. It, it really it means a lot to this team. And, and uh, like I say, Brent came in there and hit a bullet, the other, you know, bullet line drive. And, and it could, you know, 10 feet one way, it could have been a completely different story. But, yeah, he was definitely a big part of that team and, and somebody that, uh, you know, whenever Barry got up, everybody watched, everybody kind of, you know, had an eye on the whole time because you knew something good was going to happen. Were you in the bullpen or the dugout when the Diamondbacks made that move? Oh, my God. Now you're talking some, some old stuff. I, you know, um, I, I assume I was probably in the bullpen for the most part, um, especially kind of sitting down there. And I was probably warming up a little bit, you know, just in case, unless I was already in the game. It's been such a long time and my memory's so old that I, I don't yeah. really remember. But my gut feels, you know, if they were leading um, – Either A, I blew the game and I was sitting in the dugout, or, or B, I was sitting down there kind of just in case he hit a home run or, or tied it up or whatever. I, I just wonder what kind of conversations were going on amongst teammates as this is happening. Like, are you looking at each other going, what are they doing? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, like you say, in my time, I really had never seen that happen. So for me to, to sit there and see what they were doing, especially, you know, you're sitting there and, the, you know, they put their hands out. You know, here it goes, and you're like, what's going on here? And you realize it's – for us, it was a big moment, you know, knowing that, that this is happening and it's it's a part of baseball. And, and uh, it worked out for him. And, and uh, like I say, it's it just showed how much respect people had for him at that time. Uh, certainly uh, an interesting year, a near miss there. You go to the following year. He gets hurt for a good chunk of uh, of the time. And I wonder if collectively as a team – uh, you all start to kind of feel the clock ticking. Like, you, you know you have a good team, but you haven't broken through yet. Uh, I know at, at that time you're about to turn 30 years old and, and the team misses the playoffs. What, what's everybody thinking at that time? You know, I don't think anybody was really thinking too much about it. I knew, you know, we all knew that with the technology of surgeries and all that stuff, Barry would come back, he'd be fine. Um, and, you know, as far as all of us, we all thought we were still pretty young enough to, to, to do something the following few years and really kind of compete and do what we need to do. And, you know, that was one thing about the Giants. They always added people. They always, you know, brought in, you know, people that we needed, you know, bullpen help or, or a hitter or a defensive guy or a starter or whatever we needed. And we knew that they were going to give us everything that they could in their power to get us to, to have a chance to win, have a chance to, to, to compete every year. So I think all of us knew that, you know, it was one of those things that we just needed to to get through, you know, that 99 season. I ended up having surgery after that season, and, and knowing that I needed to get myself ready for the next year was, was a big part of just everybody doing their, their, their job and getting ready.
What's that like as an athlete? I think turning 30 for, for the, the every person is a time where you're, gosh, I don't know, I, you feel kind of bulletproof. Like you feel like, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough, I've got some things going on professionally, but I'm still really young. I would imagine, though, for an athlete, a lot of times turning 30 is, is when teams look at you differently. You're having surgery, as you mentioned. So what were the emotions of that? I think, you know, at that point, I, I, it was one of those things I, I felt like I was just kind of coming to my own at that time. And I knew I was having surgery. My elbow had been kind of kind of funky for a couple of years. Nothing ever major as far as stopping me. I just knew that it was, wasn't quite always right. So for me, it was, you know, get, get it done, get it cleaned up, uh, you know, get to a point where I can start rehabbing and get myself ready for the following year. And, you know, for me, 30 was, was just a number. It was something that I still felt like my, my body could handle the game. I felt like I was still kind of going in the right direction. Um, you know, so I just needed to make sure that I was healthy, um, get my workouts in, get my throwing in, making sure that I was ready for the season. And, and it all worked out. I mean, you know, at least for a couple of years until, until the shoulder went out. But it was definitely one of those things where I felt like I could still compete and still do what I need to do at that level. No, and you did. I mean, in 2000, you had a, a fantastic year. It didn't start out great for the team with uh, with, with uh, the new ballpark opening, and it took you guys a handful of tries to uh, to get a victory. But what were your thoughts in getting into that ballpark, looking around, the realization that it was actually a great pitcher's park? What did you think? Uh, we loved it. I mean, as much as you love Candlestick, it, it was definitely one of those – Candlestick was a place that – you know the opposing teams coming in there, and it's freezing. The fog would come over, and, and it was definitely it was definitely an adjustment for visiting teams. You know, as far as you know, you being there and playing there every day it was definitely an asset. As far as because guys didn't want to hit, and guys didn't want to go out and play because it was so cold. And then all of a sudden, we go into this brand new, beautiful stadium that that was just amazing, and the fans were there. And and, and for me, you know, it, it was definitely a pitcher's place to pitch, and it was somewhere where I I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, we were we were right on top of the hitters. The, the fans were right on top of us. And, and for me, it, it was a, it was a, a, a quaint place and place that was on top. You know, just a, a great place to be in. And uh, you know, it was memorable that whole year just to go out there and, and be a part of that whole situation. I've talked to a few of your teammates though that that admit the, the, those first couple of weeks, and, and in, in fact, an entire homestand where you don't get a win, it, it, it freaked guys out a little bit, and, and there was some pressure building. What do you remember about that? Yeah, we definitely started off slow, but I think everybody realized that, that people are kind of getting used to the new stadium, and at least I did, you know, trying to figure out how to pitch there, how to, how to face the opposing hitters at that, at that place. And, you know, with the right field being such a short park, I mean, I, I always felt like, I liked it because lefties, I kind of pitched away and they had to go the other way. And, and righties, you know, if you were going to hit a home run, you had to kind of go the other way with it, you know, and, and as long as you didn't make a mistake inside. So for me, it didn't really bother me as quite as much, um, you know, hitters wise, maybe they were a little bit more trying to figure out, you know, where to hit the ball and where to, where to kind of uh, the best places to kind of to, to go in that park. And, and, uh, you know, but there was definitely a little bit of stress, you know, starting off the way we did and, and uh, you know, kind of we kind of made up for it later on. End of that month, April 29th, after six tries, you finally get a win at Pac Bell Park. It was over the Expos by a final of two to one. Woody had pitched that day and obviously pitched great, but you're on the mound to close it out. What do you remember about that day? You know, just one of those days that I think once we once we kind of got the monkey off our back and, and we knew that, that that game, you know, we like you say, we struggled early on. And, and 
we knew once we got a win, we kind of figured that things would kind of kind of progress from there and kind of go in the right direction. You know, it was a beautiful park. Fans were there. You know, we had a great team, and it was just one of those things that just need to get that first win. And, and once we did, I think it, it it took a lot of pressure off people. It took a lot of like, all right, now we can do it. Now we can play our game. Now we don't have to worry about, you know, doing what we need to do to to, to get our first win in this place. So it, it, it was definitely big for us. Yeah, were, were there other moments throughout the year that you sort of said, okay, we're, we're fine, we've got a phenomenal roster, or or were you feeling calm about that from the start? You know, I think we all felt pretty calm about that, at least from what I remember. I don't think anybody really put too much stress or pressure on each other. I mean, I, I know there was. I know people probably didn't talk about it much, but I think for the most part everybody knew we had a, we had a pretty talented team. Um, we knew that we just had to get on a little bit of a roll. We knew that, that you know, during the course of the season, you're going to go through, you know, a, a bad week or two. And, and we were probably just thinking at that time, hey, this is our bad week and, and it's not the greatest time to have it. But, you know, we all knew that, that that's going to happen, you know, once or twice during the season. And that was our time. So we just felt, felt like if we just kept going out there, throwing strikes, you know, making pitches, getting ground balls, uh, you know, infielders making the plays, guys out there hitting, doing what they need to do, that things would, would click and we'd get on a roll. On September 21st of that season, the, the Diamondbacks are in town. You get the call up 8-6 to six going into the ninth, and the NL West crown is, is sitting there for you. But it was not a, it was not a quick, easy 1-2-3. So <laughs> take us through that one. God, I don't even know if I – I think I probably tried to block that out as much possible. I probably don't remember a whole lot. You know, I was uh, – you know, for me, I was never one of those guys that with a big lead like that that I, I, I did real – I didn't do quite as well. You know, and I'm not sure why that was. Maybe I was I was in the mode of, hey, just throw strikes. You know, you got eight, eight other guys out here. Let these guys let these guys make the plays. And, and I think, you know, when you go in those situations, I was always so used to, you know, one, two, three run lead or, or, or something, you know, right there. And, and when you go out there with a little bit bigger lead, you kind of like I, – I wouldn't say you're going through the motions. You're just kind of basically saying – just go out and throw strikes, and as opposed to, hey, I got to make this pitch, I got to hit this corner, I got to, I got to, I got to be a little more uh, um, precise on where I want to get to, because every pitch, every hit means something more than you know going out there with a four or five run lead. So, um, you know, I, I do remember struggling a little bit that day and not, and and not doing what I needed to do, but that was a lot of that was just, you know, the wrong mindset for me. I wonder if you remember the final at bat, and it ended up being the uh, the at bat that won the division for you. But it was Jay Bell at at the plate, and uh, and he connected and hit it pretty deep, <laughs> pretty deep to center. Uh, but I think it was Marvin Bernard out there that that made the catch when uh, when he connected with that. Were you comfortable, or did your heart skip a beat? I think my heart probably skipped a beat a little bit. I think you know, anytime <laughs> a guy hits one like that, and and. You know, you're you're not quite sure if it's if you know, especially at at, at that place. You know, the wind can can blow in, it can blow out, and it kind of can kind of swirl a little bit. So, you're always kind of in the back of your mind going, just stay in, just just catch it, Marvin, just do what you got to do. And 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 he did, and and uh, you know, we went from there. But yeah, it, it's uh, I guarantee it skipped at least a beat, maybe two. Fastball. There's a high drive to center field. Going back is Murray. He stops now at the warning track. He's under it. He's got it. And the Giants have won the last. For the second time in the last four years, they race out of the dugout and start to pile atop each other. 
Okay, let's get into the playoffs, and, and you're on the mound to close out game one. NLDS against the Mets. Uh, LeVon throws. You nail it down. You guys are up one game to none, and, and I have to imagine the team is feeling pretty good about about where they're sitting at that moment. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things. Anytime you can get, you know, get that first game, it, it definitely takes the monkey off your back a little bit, and it kind of gets you to relax a little bit. You know, it's it's almost like we talked about earlier with the with the opening season. You know, once you get that first game, everybody kind of relaxes a little bit, takes a sigh, say, you know, it's just another series, it's another game. You know, it means a lot more, but you're still going out and playing baseball. You're still going out and making your pitches. You're still going out and hitting the ball. So, for us, it definitely it definitely helped to to, to win that first one. What were you doing when JT hit the home run the next day? God, I don't know. Probably, uh, probably in the bullpen. I don't know. You, you bring up stuff that was a long time ago. That I'm getting <laughs> old now. But yeah, I mean, you know, just you know, staying in tune and, and making sure you know, just watching the game and, and you know, once, especially once it gets down to those, you know, those moments of that, you're you're watching every pitch, every swing, every every everything. Yeah. What, how would you describe the disappointment, though, in that, uh, you know, we mentioned that game one victory and then the Mets, the Mets roll off three in a row. Well, how would you describe how you felt uh, after that series? You know, it was definitely a hard series. It was definitely one of those things that, that none of us thought that that was going to happen. It was one of those like, all right, we won the first game. You know, let's go out and, and, and see what we can do from here on out. And just breathe and, and, and enjoy the game, play the game the way we knew how to play it. And I don't think any of us saw – those next three games going the way they did and, and really uh, it, it kind of took us by surprise, I think. Okay, quick pause to thank our sponsor, T-Mobile. It's never been more important to stay connected and T-Mobile has taken steps to support customers along with frontline workers nationwide during these uncertain times. They've been amazing. T-Mobile responded to customer needs by increasing network capacity, lifting smartphone data caps and increasing data allowances for schools and students in the Empower Ed program. They've also committed to donate $2.5 million to over 100 local schools and Boys and Girls Club of America, which provides childcare for our nation's first responders and healthcare workers, meals for families in need, and more. T-Mobile is committed to supporting customers, communities, and thanking frontline workers across the nation. Visit T-Mobile.com for more information. And now back to Inside Giant Moments. You guys get back on the horse for the following year. Uh, but I, I've always looked at this and wondered what that year was like for everybody other than Barry Bonds. You guys are a good team. You win 90 games. You just missed out on the playoffs. But Bonds hit 73 home runs. The team is a traveling road show, and there's just all this <laughs> stuff going on. So what, what was that like for you guys? Yeah, you're talking about 01, right? 01, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it was definitely a, a, a little bit of a rougher year, one of those years that, that, like you said, it was kind of ups and downs. And, you know, Barry did what he did that year, and, and, and I think he kind of, uh, you know, he definitely kept it interesting for us as far as doing what he did and, and you know, watching him. But like you said, I don't think uh, the whole season turned out the way he wanted to at all. I've always wondered if the rest of you guys kind of felt like um, other golfers during the Tiger Woods run. You know, I mean, I, I, you watch them get frustrated because they'd go out and shoot a, a 67, and, and, and then the media is only asking them about Tiger. Like, was there kind of that dynamic in your clubhouse? Like, we're doing what we're doing and winning baseball games, but I'm sure the only topic was Barry. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know if, if yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it was probably 
came off that way. But for the most part, I think guys are going out to do, you know, doing their jobs, knew what they need to do. And, and it was definitely Barry was the limelight. Barry was the guy in the focus of, of all the media and all that stuff. And, and uh, you know, there was definitely some, you know, there were some times, you know, he'd hit his home runs and, and there'd be a, you know, there'd be a, a break in between for something. And, and I'm not saying that changed anything, but it was definitely something that, that, you know, the city and everybody was focused on him, which rightfully so. I mean, he had a great year, and it was it was amazing to watch everything he did. Let's dive into 2002 the following year. Your numbers are great, 43 saves. The ERA is 2.2. But at what point for you do, do health concerns start to weigh in? You know, I, I it was I think it was just before the All Star break. I think we we were in Toronto, and I think I went out and pitched. I think an inning two thirds. It was getaway day, and and uh, end up you know coming in and, and I and getting the save, I believe, and and getting on the plane. I think I fell asleep on the plane, and and it started. I woke up to you know halfway through or, or almost home, or started kind of feeling a little bit in, in the top of my shoulder. And I'm like, ah, I probably just slept on it wrong. Nothing big. Talked to the trainers. Ah, it was it is what it is, and. And we just kind of watched it. And it, it, at that point, it kind of started getting kind of crankier, you know, as the season went on. And and uh, so we just kind of watched it and kind of did what we needed to do. I mean, how would you describe how it felt uh, as as outings continued? I, were you in pain? What, what, what were the outings like? Yeah, no, it was definitely it was definitely uh, as the season got farther along you know from you know i think i made the all-star break all-star team that year and, and that was kind of when it was really starting to kind of kind of get going i knew that going there and, and and warming up for for my outing it wasn't it wasn't real good and, and uh you know i think that time it, it was taking me longer longer to get loose it was um you know i started getting a little bit of pinch in the back of my shoulder you know kind of when i was you know kind of going forward so I knew that it wasn't it wasn't great, um, and as we kept going farther and farther, it kept getting worse and worse. And, and you know, we were just trying to basically get through the season and get through you know get through the the end of the season, and then we we would kind of go from there. And the good thing is we kept winning and we kept going farther. We kept uh, you know getting each round got you know we'd go farther. And we're like, all right, just get through the next one and get through the next one. And and that's really all we were trying to do was just trying to make it uh, you know to the World Series, into the World Series, and finish it, and we'd figure out what was happening, you know, get it all fixed up later on. So are you saying that at the All-Star game, you're loosening up for that outing and it, and it doesn't feel right? But but I, I assume you went ahead and went in anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you got to understand. I mean, in my job, I mean, I don't think it, that, you know, if I pitched in 75 or 72 games a year or whatever it was, you know, three quarters of those games, you weren't feeling great. You know, there's always something kind of nagging or, or there's stiffness or, you know, something wasn't quite right. You know, so you really go out there and just realize that the adrenaline's going to take over. You're going to go out there and you're going to make your pitches, trust your stuff. And and that's kind of what, what I kind of did towards the end. I mean, it was just going out there and just trusting it and, and you know, just do what I need to do to get out. You guys get in as the wild card team. You win 95 games. And that first series against the Braves gets discussed on this podcast a lot uh, because it was such a turning point for the franchise to actually get past the first round. So what did that series that you won in five games, what did it do for all of you mentally? It was big. I mean, it was it was definitely a big series. You know, Atlanta had some great hitters on that team and, and some great players. And, and uh, you know, 
I, I, I know early in the season I'd struggled against them, you know, a lot of times against those guys. And, and for us to go there and beat those guys and, and for me to get the final out there, um, for me at least, it was huge. And I know that everybody else realized that, that, we, that we had something special going and, and we really had a chance to keep going to the next level. Let's talk about that game five for a second because, as you said, you're, you're on the mound in the ninth and uh, you're up three to one. But immediately there's an error and then a base hit, and the Braves have runners on the corners and no one out, and here comes Sheffield and Chipper Jones. <laughs> so so what are you thinking in that moment? Um, you know, yeah, I was thinking, uh, you know, this is, this is not the way I was planning on doing this game here. You know, it was definitely something that, uh, you know, and I, and I think early in the year I, I had done the same thing. Chipper came up and, and got a base hit and tied the game. And, and so for me, I was – I knew once I got – got to him, I wanted to try to do something different. I wanted to try to, you know, Chipper was a guy that for me was tougher because he hit for power, he hit the opposite way, he pulled the ball, he, he'd do whatever basically was pitched him or whatever was necessary in that situation. So for me, I, I knew that I didn't want to show him kind of my normal sequences. So for me, it was, you know, I tried to fill a little flatter slider and try to get jam him a little bit. And, and uh, you know, once, once that ball went to JT, I, I, I didn't realize he had touched first base. Yeah. You know, until until the end of it. But uh, it was definitely a relief off me to, to be able to come back and, and do what I need to do in that situation. Before the chipper at bat, though, take me through the strikeout of Sheffield, which was huge. <sighs> yeah, God, I, I actually kind of forgot about that. But, yeah, Chef was Chef was the guy that, you know, me playing against, playing with in Florida and, and seeing what he could do. I, I knew he, he was a potential threat, somebody that, that wanted, you know, wanted to – be that guy that you know hit a home run or drove in drove in the runs and, and so I knew he'd be he'd be geared up he knew I'd be geared up and um, you know we'd always kind of talked and, and chit chat a little bit and he you know I always knew that the toe tap kind of messed with him a little bit so for me I just wanted to go out there and try to keep his timing off a little bit and just try to get ahead of him because I knew he would be swinging and, and doing everything he could to, uh, to to be the hero in that situation. Okay, that's fascinating. He's told you in the past that your toe tap messes with him. Well, yeah, because he had the you know he had a little waggle up on top and, and all that stuff, and and and, the, and my toe tap would would, would kind of get him off a little bit. You know, that was kind of his big thing was, you know, kind of sequencing and trying to get himself, uh, you know, kind of geared up and trying to get the the timing the timing of that whole uh you know his little waggle to 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 a guy releasing it and i think the toe tap kind of messed with him a little bit you know that's kind of what he said so yeah i love it i mean you you out toe tapped the toe tapper basically <laughs> exactly yeah and it worked out in our favor <laughs> all right and then you already mentioned the double play ball from from jones jt gets it aurelia makes the tag you guys are moving on finally out of the first round what did that feel like for the whole group? Well, at first it was like shock because, I, like I said, I didn't see JT touch the back, um, and then and luckily Richie saw it. I was running to first, thinking, "All right, just catch it, just touch the base, catch it, get this thing over, <laughs> let's get going." Then all of a sudden, it didn't come, and, and it was a little bit of a shock, like, "What's going on here?" But once we end up realizing what happened, I mean, it was it was just amazing. I mean, it was just one of those things that the whole the whole team came together, and, and we knew that. We knew that we could we could keep going and keep doing what we need to do, and, and I think it, it really brought that team together even more than, than we thought. 
So you're running toward first, but you don't realize the game is over. When when no one throws you the ball, where are you looking? Are you are you looking at the ump or what? Where what are you thinking? Well, I was looking. Yeah, Stephanie, you know, trying to focus on Richie at second, you know, and making sure that, that I'm at least seeing where where he's going to throw it, where it's coming. And, and once it did come, I was a little shocked, like, what's going on here? And then once I realized, you know, what JT had done, then it was it was just, you know, it was awesome. The pitch. And his slider. Right to Snow at first. He grabs it for the out. Now he's got Franco on a rundown. He throws to Aurelia. He tags him out before Forcal scores. Forcal just jogged down the line. He would have counted had he scored. It matters not to the ultimate outcome, though. The Giants, one way or the other, win this game. A ground ball right to Snow. He caught it with his foot in the bag. Then they got Franco in the rundown. Aurelia tagged him out. And the Giants have defeated the Atlanta Braves. They are headed to St. Louis. Yeah, fantastic. And so on you guys go to the NLCS. You win it in five. You save three of the games. But physically, in that series and at that time, how are you feeling? I was beat up. I, I, my shoulder wasn't right. It was definitely, you know, a struggle to get through what we needed to. And, and it was one of those things where, um, you know, at this point I wasn't going to stop. I wasn't going to, you know, pull myself out and say I can't go anymore. I was just going to do anything I could to, to, to try to get out of it. You know, I figured that, you know, we got through the Atlanta series. We got through the, you know, got through the St. Louis series. And, and one of those things where it's just like, all right, you know what? seven more games, five more games, you know, whatever we can get through this thing and, and, and get to the end of this thing, I, I was going to do anything I could to, to get through it. You said twice there that you are going to do anything that you could, but I, I wonder what those things were. I mean, what uh, what tools did you have? How how did you do it? Was it just a, 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 a you know, a mind over matter thing? Uh, no, we had, we, had some, we had some technology. I mean, we were taking some shots <laughs> and we were, you know, we were doing anything we could to, to get through. And, and we knew at that point, you know, this is something that, that, that every player um, lives and dreams about and, and works their butt off in the offseason gets to that point. And so we were, we were taking every step we could to, to try to, you know, take a little discomfort away, make sure that, that I was ready to, to, you know, if I had to get up and play catch earlier in the game and, and get myself loose or go, go in the, you know, in the cages to warm up a little bit or do whatever I need to do, we were going to do it. And that's, that's kind of what we did. I mean, it was all hands on deck, everybody, the training staff, the coaches, um, we all did whatever we could. Or the ones at least knew about it, that we did what we had to do to, to get to that point. Yeah, what are those conversations like with the training staff at that point? Well, it was it was the train staff. It was it was the doctors and and you know what 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 do we have left in the bag to to, to get us through to to be able to really um, finish this this thing off and 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 we'll worry about what happens next and, and uh, you know we we sat down and we talked about it. we kept doing it. we kind of did it towards the end of the year we kind of did it into the playoffs and we knew kind of which direction we need to go and if there was anything else left that we could take or or do we would do it to get through those last games. You know, I, I mean, I remember as a as a fan of the team, uh, the fans had no clue. They had no idea. I mean, it's, the World Series starts, you get a 1-2-3 save in game one. Game four, you get a 1-2-3 save, and uh, and off you guys go back to Anaheim with a, with a 3-2 lead. And so the evidence from those just watching from the outside wasn't there. Um, and and I, almost, I always wonder what that's like for an athlete to know what you guys are feeling and going through. But from the outside, the world is like, 
Rob Nen is great. Rob's Rob's one hundred percent. He's doing his thing. Yeah, I think I think part of it was, and I don't really remember the whole lot about it. But, I mean, I do and I don't. I, you know, it's one of those things you kind of you kind of block out a little bit. But I think a lot of it was, you know, I, I don't think my velocity was quite as good as it was. I think the hitters were a little bit, um, you know, they didn't know. I think they were a little bit maybe looking for 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 something harder, and maybe it wasn't quite there. And I think I kind of kind of tricked them a little bit, kind of fooled them a little bit. And I think once we got back to L.A. or got back to Anaheim. You know, there was some scuttlebug. I, I remember Phil Nevin coming out saying, well, he doesn't look right or something's not right. And then it kind of started kind of – I kind of had to start denying it a little bit. And, and that was, you know, maybe the start of it. But for me, it was just going out there and just – I knew that – you know, and I watched enough guys take BP and I saw coaches, you know, why they were throwing BP. Like, you know, you can jam a guy if they're not looking for You can – you know, if you make some decent pitches, guys don't quite hit it quite squared up as they did and, and – and, uh, you know, that's all I was trying to do was just going out and just trying to make some pitches. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't do it in that, in that sixth game, and, and uh, it cost us. But, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was definitely hanging by a thread at that point. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, are you thinking about almost changing a little bit about the way you pitched on the fly at that time? No, I think I was just more or less going out there and just thinking, okay, hey, just – make my pitches. I, I didn't have the good fast, the fastball. I didn't have a, a good slider at that point. You know, I was just trying to, to, to just try to make pitches. And, and I think once I got in that game and in, in, in the sixth game and, and gave up the hit, you know, I, I think I was trying to do too much. I think I was trying to, I knew we were close. You know, I knew we had a chance to, to win that, you know, at that point and, and, and going out there and just trying to reach back and get a little more. I don't think I quite did what I did early on when I stayed within myself and just tried to make pitches I almost tried to, to reach back and get more, and there wasn't anything else there. I saw some comments you made last year uh, in, in feeling a connection to Kevin Durant and what he went through with the Warriors where everybody knew physically he wasn't quite right, but the Warriors are right there for a championship, so he's going to kind of put that physical side aside and, and go for it and, and try to help. And uh, it, it makes sense that you would feel connected to, to that moment, there are a lot of parallels there. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get to that point and, and you just, you're not going to give up. You know, you, you help the team get to that point. They help you get to that point. Uh, you know, it's a team effort all the way around from the coaches to the, to, the, to the ownership to everybody. And you're just, you're in one of that situation where I want to see this to the end. I want to make sure I get to the end. I want to make sure I'm, I'm a part of it. And that's kind of what we were, what I was doing. I was just trying to make sure that, that everything everything I could do in my power to, to help this team win and get, to, and, and get to the finish line. So you get the call in, in game six, and, and you know the, the momentum in the stadium is already on a roll. And knowing what you're feeling physically, what, what are your emotions as you head in? You know, at that point, you're really not thinking about – you're not thinking about uh, – Emotions are high. You're really not thinking about the bad part. You're going out thinking, like you said, early in the series, I went one, two, three, just going out and making pitches. Going out, you know, you got eight other guys on that team, and those guys are out there to help you. They've been there all year, and, and you know, you, you're all one big team, and you're just like, okay, listen, if I can just, you know, make a decent pitch here, you know, and, he, and he's looking for 96, 97, and he gets, you know, 90, you know, is he going to be in front of it? Maybe just pop it up a little bit. And, and you're just kind of looking for something – you're really looking for some help for the most part. You're just looking for, you know, your teammates and, and maybe, you know, a guy to, 
you know, miss a swing and pop it up to, to the infield or, or whatever. So you're just out there doing whatever you can to get outs. It's still a special year and still a special team. How do you reflect on it? You know, it's hard because, that, you know, I felt like I was still kind of, you know, getting better in my career. I felt like I was going in the right direction. I felt like I still had some years left. You know, so for me, it was definitely a hard situation to kind of live with for a while and have a, you know, knowing that that was my last game. And not at that point did I know that, but it was definitely something that, uh, you know, that, that looking back on it, it was a little harder to, to swallow. But with that being said, you know, to be around those guys, to bring around that team and to do what we did and, and get so close. And, and we all knew that, that we should have won. Um, we should have won that series. We should have done everything. You know, we should have got those last outs and we should have done whatever we could. And, you know, I was proud of those guys. I was proud of the team. I was proud of the, everybody in that locker room. And, and uh, you know, it's something that, that I'll never forget. I mean, it's really a big part of the way Giants fans remember you, even though it, you, know, you didn't get a, a World Series championship. With the way that that ended up being the, the final game that you ever pitched, uh, I, I think fans look at it as, my gosh, he, I mean, he literally left everything out there on the field trying to win a championship. Well, that's what we all dreamed about. You know, I won the one in, in you know, 97, and, and it was something that, that – um, you know, it flew by, and I really wanted to be a part of it. I really wanted to to, to go out there and, and and be a part of another one. And you know, as kids and as as, as players come through minor leagues and guys in the offseason, we all work our butt off to get to that point. And and it was something that that you know, we just I just wanted to go out and just see what I could do to get out of it, see what we could do to win, and 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 bring a championship back to the Giants. And and um, you know, we fell a little short with 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 what the way it went. And, you know, like I said, I'm still proud of that whole team and I'm proud of uh, going out there and trying to do what I could do. You're still very attached to the Giants, still working with the team. What has the relationship to the franchise meant to you through the years? Family. I mean, the, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's not one bad thing I can say about that whole franchise, the ownership, um, you know, saves every, all the, all the guys there. I mean, it, it, those guys treat, still treat me and treat me like family and, uh, you know, I still I still was doing the spring training stuff. I still was being a part of it and having a chance to, to put a uniform back on and be a kid again. And, and for me, that was something special. And, and uh, you know, whatever the, whatever that team ever needs and whatever I can do for them, is, I'm always around for them. Rob, what a great trip through the years. That was a whole lot of fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to do it. Anytime. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks so much for listening to Inside Giant Moments, presented by T-Mobile. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review and share the podcast with your friends and family. For more exclusive conversations, subscribe to the Inside Giant Moments podcast presented by T-Mobile now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 